Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 7 of Gypsy the Talking Dog. A story for young folks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gillian Hendry. Gypsy the Talking Dog, A Story for Young Folks by Tudor Jenks. Chapter 7. In the Gypsy Camp. One day, while the old gypsy and the young one, the very same two that stole the dog from the poor French acrobat, were playing cards near a fire before their tent in the woods. The younger man drew some coins from his pocket. Nearly all of them were silver, but among them were two gold pieces, the very pieces that Chris and Helen had found in their stockings that Christmas morning, and later had paid as the price for keeping the dog. The old gypsy, whose name was Alexander, had quick eyes, and before the young man, his name was Joe, could slip the money back into his pocket, Alexander cried out, Oho, oho, I see yellow. Have you found a gold mine? And how does it happen that you have kept so much of the sonarchy? I don't know what you mean, Joe answered, hiding the money as quickly as he could. Sonarchy? Why, tis the name of our folk for gold, as you know well enough, Alexander replied. The word I know, but your meaning I don't know. Don't be foolish, the old man insisted. I saw the yellow boys in your hand plain enough. So where did you get them? I didn't want them, Joe replied, but somebody gave me them, and they've brought me no luck since I took them. You remember the little dog we brought from Paris? Yes, Alexander replied. Where is he? I missed him when I came back from the big town. Those two yellow counters are what I got for the pup, said Joe. You sold him too cheap, far too cheap. "'Even though he cost us little enough,' said the old gypsy angrily. "'If I had been here, the dog would not have been sold. "'He was worth ever so much.' "'I couldn't help myself,' said Joe. "'Wait until you have heard about it, and you won't blame me.' "'Alexander drew out his pipe and filled it in silence, "'waiting for the young gypsy to tell his story. "'Then began a long talk that lasted until their supper-time.' and was even continued afterwards, until each man had wrapped himself in his blanket and was sound asleep under a wagon. At first the older man scolded when he had heard about the loss of the dog, and then he decided upon a plan to make everything all right again, as he put it. Whatever the plan was, it seemed to require that Joe should arise early next morning, for he was the first up in the camp. As he had not undressed, he had only to wash at the stream nearby 
pull on his old cap, seize his walking-stick, and he was ready to depart. He did not even wait for breakfast, but took the road at a swinging pace, and left the camp behind him without the knowledge of anyone except old Alexander. Gypsy Joe walked all that morning, stopping only to buy a sandwich as he went through a town on his way, and this he ate under a tree beside the road. During the afternoon he was hailed by a farmer driving in a wagon, and invited to ride. Joe hopped in, and proved so jolly and amusing that the farmer insisted upon going a mile or two out of his way in order to take Joe to the next town. This town was on a railroad, and going to the station, Joe bought a ticket and rode for an hour or two in the cars. By evening, Joe was within a mile or two of the house where Chris and Helen lived, and it was only just becoming dark when he knocked at the back door. To the servant, Joe spoke politely, asking to see the master of the house for a moment. He was invited in, but refused the invitation, preferring to wait outside. Before long, the children's father appeared and asked, "'Did you wish to see me?' "'Yes, sir.' "'Oh,' said the father, "'you are the man that came after the dog.' "'Yes, sir, and I have come again. "'I have made up my mind that I wish to buy the dog back again, "'and I have brought the money.' "'For a moment the father hesitated. "'He did not know exactly what to do. "'He did not wish to give up the dog, "'and yet he was not quite certain of his right to keep him. "'At length, remembering what had happened the last time Joe was there, "'he said, "'I do not think you have any right to the dog.' You ran away when you were accused of stealing him. That was not like an honest man. Then you took the money for him, and you left this part of the country, or at least you did not come again to the house. Now you ask to buy the dog that you say is yours already. You can see for yourself that you do not act as an honest man would act. If you'd insisted from the first upon having the dog, I might have told the children to give him up. But now I think it would not be fair to them to let you buy him again. "'Then you will not sell me the dog?' "'No,' the other replied firmly. "'The dog belongs, so far as I know, to my children. "'You have made a fair bargain, even if the dog was yours. "'And if they wish to keep the dog, I shall not ask them to give him up. "'Will you see whether your children will let me have the dog again?' Joe asked. "'Certainly. Wait a moment, and I will ask them.' "'Joe sat down on the doorstep outside, and the father went to consult Chris and Helen.' In a short time he returned. No, said he, they say they think they have a right to the dog now, and they will not give him up. Besides, to tell you the truth, I don't believe you can keep that dog, even if he were given to you. Why not? Because when the dog heard me speak of selling him, he immediately ran out of the open door and hid himself somewhere. I feel sure he would run away if you attempted to keep him. Let me get a steel chain on him, and he will stay as long as I choose said the gypsy. But no matter. We gypsies have our own laws, and one of them is that we keep our bargains. So long as I took money for the dog, he was yours. But now I want the dog, and I shall have him whether you sell him or not. So take back your money. Here are the very gold pieces. Goodbye. Then, before a word could be said, the gypsy threw the gold jingling to the floor, and turning was gone into the night. The father followed to the door and listened but it was already dark, and it was impossible to see which way the gypsy had gone. So, returning, the father picked up the gold pieces and took them with him to the room where Chris and Helen were sitting by the lamp, studying their lessons for the next day. "'What did he say, father?' asked Chris. "'Have we got to give up the dog?' 
He said that he would have the dog in spite of us, his father replied, and he repeated the conversation as nearly as he could recall it, ending by showing their gold pieces. You may as well have them, for they are not mine, and the gypsy refuses to keep them. Helen exclaimed, I don't want the money, and he shall not have the dog, and she looked ready to cry. But Chris calmly picked up the five-dollar gold piece and thrust it into his pocket, saying, The more fool he. I'll keep the money, and I'm glad to get it, and I'll keep the dog, too. If he thinks he can steal so bright a dog as Gypsy, with me and you to look out for him, he'll find he has a tough job. I am almost sorry, said their mother, that we ever saw the dog, nice as he is, for I'm afraid the Gypsies may make trouble for us. Still, I don't blame you for keeping him. End of chapter 7